ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we uh, we we're back. February two two zero two zero <laughs> two zero two twenty twenty. Uh, I mean, we're, I don't know when we're releasing this, but this is when we're <laughs> it smells like burnt toast in here. <laughs> there's there's a reason why we talk about movies and not by math. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it's been a busy first, at least for me, it's been a busy first part of the year, so. Some of us um, decided to go to Arizona. Apologies, our recording schedule has been a little hit and miss, uh, but now I'm back, and I don't anticipate being gone anytime soon, so uh, we're going to get into it. This week, we are not going to have any movie news, just uh, for the sake of time. And also, there was a lot of movie news, so I think that's going to be the majority of next episode for February. Um, So this week, we're just going to go through and do our movies of the week, and then we'll get into our next part, and we'll talk a little bit more about just what we're... The the main event. Main event time! (laughs) Uh, So who wants to go first for the movie of the week? I'll go. Okay, okay. There we go. All right. So my movie of the week, I'm going to go ahead and read the definition of it here, just because it builds the suspense, right? (laughs) All right. So a young thief seeking revenge for the death of his brother is trained by the once great but aged Zorro. So the movie of the week that I'm speaking about is The Mask of Zorro, starring Antonio Banderas, along with Catherine Zeta-Jones, Anthony Hopkins, Classic, classic movie. We're we're talking, you know, it's action packed. It's got suspense. It's got the it's got the classic hero built up in it as well. You know, seeing the hero develop himself and work upon his skills and become better than he once was. Uh, in my opinion, I think this is like just one of the best movies I've seen that involves the name Zorro with it. Right? Um, any of the other movies that come following it, I'm not a huge fan of. They're okay, but this one just it's it's hard to beat. This one. This is the first one? Right? Yep, this okay. is the very first one, the 1998 one, the one that's established the franchise that they had going. Um, yeah, definitely action-packed, definitely great. Those, I'm sure a lot of folks have seen it. You know, it's been around for quite a while, right? Um, I highly recommend this movie if you have not, or if you know somebody that has not, to go watch it with them, because it's just it's a fun action-packed movie built with drama and everything in it that makes it just, just a fun movie to watch it in and of itself. Cool. Um, thank you for that. I will. Tracy's doing some. Re- I'm getting the. I'm doing research. Look, so yeah. I'll go ahead. And keep, <laughs> I'll keep it going with mine. Uh, mine is a film from the the early years of 2003. Makes me feel old because I really like this movie. Anyways, um, so this film is called Paycheck. It stars Ben Affleck, Aaron Eckhart, Uma Thurman. Um, a Paul Giamatti, a pre-Dexter Michael C. Hall. Um, basic plotline. I'll read the synopsis from IMDb. What seemed like a breezy idea for an engineer to net him millions of dollars leaves him on the run for his life and being ch- and piecing together why he's being chased. So, uh, that's pretty cryptic. As far as the actual plot of the film, uh, Ben Affleck stars as a character named Jennings, who is a reverse engineer. And he takes it, uh, things that are being built by other companies, takes them apart, figures out what makes them tick, and then makes them better for other companies. For example, in the beginning of the film, uh, this company is coming out with a 3D monitor that you can see almost kind of like a hologram you can see behind this woman in this frame. Uh, he takes it apart and then builds a live 3D hologram. 
for the same company with the same components and to go through and avoid any type of antitrust like legal issues they actually have a laser this early 2000 sci-fi science they have a laser that fries the parts of his brain that contain memories and they wipes memory it's pretty out there but anyways makes a good living and then he gets hired by aaron eckhart who's a longtime friend to work on a long-term project it's over a year um and the way they do, because you can only do up to a few days with the laser, they inject him with this chemical that's a marker in his memory. Again, early 2000 science. And then after the job's done, they insert another marker and it wipes all the memories in between. Um, so that happens. Gets out of the job. Thinks he's a millionaire. He actually ends up being on the run for treason that he doesn't know about. And he, instead of getting the millions of dollars that he was supposed to from this company, he gets 20 items, everyday items, like a can of hairspray, book of matches, an Allen wrench, coin, um, just a bunch of different stuff. And he has to go through and figure out what it means. And then he ends up realizing that these household items, if used at very specific moments in time, save his life and keep him from dying. So he pieces together this mystery. Start, and I don't want to spoil him further, but... Uh, very interesting film, very interesting concept. Pretty decent acting from Ben Affleck and Aaron Eckhart as a villain. It was pre-Two Face, but uh definitely got some Harvey Dent vibes in the film. Uh yeah, so it's directed by John Woo, who I didn't know he made that until just now when yeah, I was, was researching. Say, that's I didn't know that either. <laughs> yeah. Uh but it's definitely it's got the white doves, you know, it's got some John Woo moments, so I'm not surprised. But yeah, that's my movie of the week. Paycheck. Go like check it out. Nice. nice. Uh, I told both of you before this, this is 110% a movie that you did not have for your movie of the week. Okay. I stand by it. Uh, it's a short fan film made by the YouTube channel Star Wars Theory called Vader Episode 1 Shards of the Past. Ooh. Yes. And well it looks done. noises. Well done, Captain. Um, yeah. So it's a... Um, it's, it's a short film, fan-made film. It actually has a really high budget. I think originally they were pumping about $30,000 into it. When it was all said and done, it was $164,000, which for a fan film, that's, that's pretty sizable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, it's absolutely apparent in the production value. It's only about 16 minutes long, but it's definitely, you can tell. You can smell it. We uh, we talked about it a little bit mm -hmm. when we did our Star Wars episode with yes. Dave. Yes. Um, Dave Anderson. Because... Correct me if I'm wrong. Disney initiated a copyright strike on it for the yes, music, even it was though he huge, had it originally composed, and then they lifted issue. that strike. Yep, right? because it was an original composition, and then they copyright strike the, the the video, and then there was a huge debacle and scandal about it. So when it was all said and done, he he was able to release the the, the short movie, but he could not basically make any re ad revenue or anything on it. It was like a passion project at that point. So he pumped all this money into it, down a black hole. And we got Vader, Shards of the Past. Uh, it takes place after roughly about eight months after Revenge of the Sith. So this is like prime time Darth Vader <clears throat> hunting down, killing Jedi. Probably one of the best moments of Star Wars history that we still haven't seen on the big screen. So that that's why I picked it. It's, it's I mean, we guys, we got a little taste of it in Rogue One, a little bit, but little this tiny is tiny taste, oh, right? For even for how short it is, it's still it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, I mean, the, the I, it's one of those things I recommend everybody go watch it. It, if for nothing else than just see the, the love that was poured into it. Uh, but a short synopsis of it is, 
um, after the loss of Padme and the cursed life that Vader does lead, uh, he's doing what he has to do and hunting down Jedi after Order 66, and he's lured to the the tomb of Padme on Naboo. That's it. Thompson. Oh yeah, that's where it ends. Yeah, yeah. And then there's setup for. More. I don't remember if Star Wars two. He said they were going to do more. I know he wants to. He's trying, but it's a big. It's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're talking. What would you say? Started out thirty thousand. Started out thirty thousand. That was his own money too. Thirty thousand yeah. dollars of his own money. I feel like, like hundred and some thousand. And it's like yeah, yeah that's uh, that's a good chunk of change. Yeah. I feel like if Disney Plus just hired him to do like a oh, Disney Plus right? series, it would make so much sense. But Dude, that would just that would be. I mean, can you imagine what the people would eat? People would eat that up. A Vader-based series, yeah. like yeah. well, they already ate up. It was like really, it was really popular when it came out. Like yeah. I, I watched it a few times. I actually, I really enjoyed it. Good choice. Yep. I'm glad you picked the it. the long short of it though. For a happy ending, Lucasfilm did step in and say, "Hey, you need to stop this copyright claim." So that was taken off, and everything's good and dandy now. There are still stipulations he has to follow by by having the video out there, but. It's it's awesome. And Go maybe, watch it. Who knows? Maybe he does have something in the works. It's just he's trying. Maybe he's trying to get his funding mm-hmm. squared away for it. Right? Yeah. yeah. So take thirty two minutes out of your day and watch it twice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. To quote Jeff Goldblum, it's main event time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, we the thing that we're going to be doing this week is uh, we did one in our very first season, right? First or like right at was, right at the beginning of the second. Yeah. We're doing our impromptu pitches again. This one's a little bit more well-organized, thanks to the fact that um, we're trying a little bit harder on the yes. podcast, first yeah. of all. little. <laughs> um, yeah. So what we're going to do is, last time we had everything pre-planned out, we just hopped right in. This time we're going to go through and actually make our choices on the podcast, pause for 15 minutes. We're all going to go through and do 15 minutes of research on the characters and villains that we've received. Uh, they're all superhero movies, by the way, so if you don't like that, Sorry. go ahead and skip to the check out one of our other yeah. episodes. Go watch Ship Fixers, <laughs> Harry Potter, and the or Fantastic Beasts, yeah. and the Hunt for the Phoenix, or whatever we called that one. Go watch that one. Um, so yeah, uh, it's going to be going to be good. Yeah. So, uh, for our listeners, I'm going to explain the rules again. We have a randomizer spinning wheel app on my phone. There is a wheel for heroes, a wheel for villains, and a wheel for our whammy card. We're all going to have the same whammy card. Um, there are four Marvel heroes, four DC heroes, and two Valiant Comics heroes. Had to do a little bit of digging because I'm not super well versed in the Valiant universe, except for the terrible Vin Diesel movie that's coming out. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, everybody has the option of one respin. You don't have to use the respin. I say that because there's an option in here that I honestly think if all maybe Tracy might not, but if any, I feel like Zach and myself would probably respin on it. So we'll go through and let now. bygones be bygones and give you challenge that accepted. Characters have to be naked. So, <laughs> who wants to go first? I'll go first this time since I wish. I will hit the button and I will show you what the answer is. Okay. I'm not even gonna look at it. Honestly, okay. honestly, we should have done a randomizer for that. <laughs> See who goes first. Make it 100 random. And then tell us what you got. Doctor Fate. Mm. Would you like to keep it or respin? Mm. Mm. Respin it just in case, because worst case scenario, I can just be like, nah, just kidding, I'll take Dr. Fate. So, I just want to do Dr. Fate justice. Not really much. Okay, yeah, we're doing Dr. Fate. That's the time. So. 
Oh, you don't want to do Zatanna? Come mm, on. I actually really like Zatanna. Yeah. That wasn't the one I thought you would respond. There's, there's Zatanna the female, and then there's her father Zatanna as well. Yeah. So it's the female. Well, yeah, yeah, for this that one. Um, <laughs> oh. So Zatanna is your, or not? Sorry, Doctor Fate is your hero. Pull up our DC villain wheel. Oh, jeez. Oh, for those of you listening, right. almost dropped it. But with my cat-like reflexes, I was able to in the last moment. We, we almost meow. Almost All right, Tracy got Doctor Doctor Fate. Fate. Oh, here's the villain. Here we go. Despero. I'll take it. Ooh, Despero. I also was a little kinder than I was in our last one. I picked some villains that are kind of like universe could be used by anybody. All right. Nope, that's the wrong one. Do you want to go next, Zach? Uh, yes, please. Okay. All right. Who we got? Martian Manhunter. Ooh, that is a good Ooh. one. Uh, I almost wanted to spin just to see. I'll, I'll stick with Martian Manhunter. Okay. We'll, we'll go with Martian Manhunter. I can do that. Totally feasible. Okay, now if your villain ends up being Despero on this wheel, because you guys both got DC, Despero too. Um, we'll, re we'll respin it and be a different one. We're doing a duo. <laughs> if it'll stop, well, oh, we gotta respin, respin. Just kidding. It wasn't Despero. Why did you think that? Respin listener? again. Is it really? It's Despero oh, again. Dang. <laughs> did you? Oh, what? What's happening? <laughs> it keeps sliding on Despero. It's broke. And Deathstroke. Okay. 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 All right. Um, yeah, keep that one. Or you want to respin? <laughs> I'm trying to find. I'm trying to think that would be justifiable for Martian Manor to go up against him. It's, I'll do it. I'll do that one. Okay. Challenge accepted. Okay. That leaves good old Ryan. Choices made. Set in stone. I'm gonna respin. <laughs> oh come on, you gotta! <laughs> it was Beta Ray Bill. I just, come on, I don't man! You don't believe in Beta Ray? Come on. Doctor Fate. Uh, nope, I'm respinning. I'm not doing Squirrel Girl. Okay. <laughs> oh that come was, on! I'm offended. Did you, did Mr. <laughs> Is one. that the one it's you fine. were gonna say okay. that we want to yeah. do? You. Oh, man. I have Ooh. chosen Night Thrasher. Like. Didn't you make this? <laughs> yeah, I did. So. Okay. <laughs> Irrelevant. <laughs> I thought Tracy would get Beta Ray Bill based on the law of probability. Dude, I could have. I I would have done Beta Ray. Okay. And my villain is Craven the Hunter. Ooh. Okay. 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 So, our whammy card, which will be read aloud once to stop spinning, is. Do we want to respin? Must be animated. Yeah, that one's pretty yeah, basic. Yeah, that's. Okay. Especially for superheroes, right? Like. Has to include someone in the cinematic universe. Okay. So there has to be Done. a tie in from some other existing property. Done. Of that. Okay. Yeah, so, like we're going to take a 15-minute pause. Everybody's going to do their research. We'll come back, present our pitches. If you would like a, so at least the main character casted, 
feel like that's pretty reasonable. Yeah. How yeah. about main character and villain? Main character and the villain. Okay. Okay. Of course. All right. And we'll be back in 15 minutes. Commercial break. And we're back. 15 a, minutes oh. and a lot of heartache later. The quickest commercial break you ever did see in your life. It's faster yeah, than Hulu. Should, uh, <laughs> should like hook up with Hulu and I make some money on that. That's right. <laughs> you say you do a commercial break. Bang! Instantaneous. All right. So Tracy has said he is okay with going first. Yep. Uh, just so everybody is aware. Uh, I mean... There's only a short break for them, but a long break for us. You have Dr. Fate, and your villain is Despero. Yes. Before you get started, quick question. What do you think of Despero's character? Pretty interesting. Uh, did you, or did you to be perfectly honest, research? I had not heard of Despero before. Right? I started this little pitch. So this is, if there's any DC purists out there, first of all, let me apologize because I'm not. Get marked. Yeah. <laughs> get marked up. <laughs> I'm not a DC professional. I love DC, but I'm, I'm more more well versed in Marvel uh, mythology. So, if this, if you feel like this is just pooping on your childhood, I'm sorry. I, I did the best I could with 15 minutes and just learning about Despero and knowing only a little bit about Doctor Fate. But I like Doctor Fate, so there you go. So I guess whenever I'm ready. Yeah. Okay. The floor is right. yours, my good sir. So <clears throat> the curtain opens. Imagine, if you would. <laughs> Take just a moment. Look with your mind's eye. So, we open on a familiar scene. Movie starts. It's in the middle of Justice League. Superman is alive and has the brain problem, so he's fighting the Justice League and the other, his fellow superheroes. Uh, watching from very afar with his super brain powers, basically, Dr. Faye's doing his Dr. Faye stuff, uh, he is really leaning into his role as kind of a watcher of the situation on Earth right now with all these heroes and this buffoonery that's happening and there's parademons and it's just a big old mess. During this time that he's watching Earth and just making sure there's 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 no imbalance in the power play that's occurring here, uh, he notices notices uh, there's uh, another another mental gymnast in town. So something not quite right is happening on his radar, and he tracks it down, and it's, uh, not directly on Earth, but it's it's real close. And what we learn is Despero has taken a, a, a small sabbatical from the planet that he is a uh, dictator over, basically. Alien Hitler. Yeah, I mean, essentially. Or Stalin. Really. Alien awesome. Stalin, let's be honest. <laughs> uh, Despero has decided that in his free time, he wants to take Earth, too. He sees that there's this power struggle going on, and there's these heroes that he can outwit and destroy, and even villains that he can outwit and destroy, he says, you know, I should. this is a golden opportunity. I should take this for myself. Because uh, that's how he do. He has those. It, uh, in case, I just did a quick read on this. So again, if I poop on anybody's childhood, if I pee in your Cheerios, I'm very sorry. But <laughs> just from what I picked up, he has extreme uh, psychic abilities and powers, along with many other powers. He's a big, huge red man. Don't worry about it. Let me let me Forget describe to you. It. 
Uh, so Despero sees a great opportunity. You know, why not take a nice summer home on Earth? And in the process, rule horrifically over humans. Why not? You know, we're terrible. We might as well get treated terrible. It's fine. So Dr. Fate being Dr. Fate says, hey, that ain't kosher. We're going to have a problem. And Despero decides not to apply brute force in this situation. So what we have throughout the movie is basically a very long chess game, a psychic chess game. Dr. Fate and Despero are making bets who's winning this fight. Is this person going to come out on top? There's all the, is, are, are the heroes going to defeat, defeat Steppenwolf? Who are we betting on here? So it's almost like a whole, we're, we're not really rewatching Justice League, but it does start kind of in the middle of it. Uh, it's almost like a, a third party watch of Justice League. It's like highlights. Exactly. exactly. Highlights happen. We, like I said, they're making bets and they're saying, well, this person's going to win. How do you know? I'm going to win. Just like that. Yeah. Told yes, exactly. <laughs> so throughout, so we have a lot of banter between Despero and Dr. Fate. And through each encounter, quote unquote, through each bet they make and through each match of mental chess and the psychic chess they're playing, uh, tensions obviously grow and grow. And Despero and Dr. Faith are, it's the, you can tell the tent it's coming to a head. So it happened, end of Justice League happens. Heroes obviously come out on top. They form the Justice League. They have the Wayne Manor is going to be this new staging point. They're going to have extra seats for everybody. You know, you, we've all seen the movie. So that's, that's great. It's a good ending. Despero's not happy because obviously because he's Despero, he said, no, they're going to lose, obviously, because look at these odds, you stupid. <laughs> stupid. Uh, so it's a it's a, a big climax. There's this, it, in, in my brain, what I'm, what I'm thinking here in my mind's eye, oh, mind's eye, what I'm thinking here <laughs> is it's going to be a huge climax, kind of like in that scene in Doctor Strange where he's going through the multiverse and the, the ancient one. You know, astral astro projects him through all these different dimensions. Something like that. It's very fin- fantastical. The visuals are amazing. It's a big fight between Dr. Fate and Despero. And end result, Dr. Fate wins. Dr. Fate clobbers Despero. Turns out he wasn't even on Earth or near Earth. It was just all ploy. He was far, far off and away on, on his own Despero island, you know. On his planet, and uh, and so that's the that's that's kind of where it intersects with the the cinematic universe, the DCU, the DC Comics, the, de- the Detective Comics, comics cinematic universe. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have made that joke. Anyways, uh, uh, Doctor Fate is kind of like this third party observer. He he's not directly part of the Justice League, but he sees it. He sees its inception, and he knows it's a good thing. He wants to make sure that power balance stays in effect, especially with people like Despero, Steppenwolf, all these powers out there. Obviously, Darkseid, who will come. So, to he's, play so later. he's kind of like the ancient one. Yeah, kind of, as that, far as that's like, basically what I'm going for. Like, yeah. Uh, what am I thinking? Like Uwutu position the washer, wise, yeah, like, he's, he's trying to make yeah. sure he's not necessarily on anybody's side, but he wants to make sure that things are bad. Fate can perfectly go through its balanced. natural course. That's all it should be. Everything's perfectly balanced. Don't copyright strike a marble. Thank you. 
So again, this was just off the cuff, really quick. I spent a lot of time trying to find actors too, and just reading up on the characters because I was not familiar. So this is just a very rough pitch of what I have. Uh, as far as even more tie-ins it could make, uh, we can have some cutaways to Despero having disagreements with the Lantern Corps because that happens many times in the comics. He's they're not friends. And then that'd be an easy way to, boom, I'm going to make Ryan's Green Lantern movie part of the DCU. That's how we're going to be able to just slide that right on in there. So Despero will be, he's not he's going to be defeated but not killed because I think that's a big problem in a lot of superhero movies. You kill the villain instead of just defeating him. And then he'll return and be a villain in the Green Lantern movie and have even more connection with previous villains. This is a series now like, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. So even more connection with your previous <laughs> As far as... Uh, Actors for Dr. Fate and Despero. Uh, Dr. Fate, I just I wanted to pay homage to the uh, most of his recent iterations in past years have been, it's kind of a shtick too, is it's been uh, people of Egyptian descent because that's part of how the power is taking effect and how you become Dr. Dr. Fate. I almost said Dr. Strange didn't say it though. <laughs> how you become Dr. Fate. So I was reading up <laughs> on a few different people. Uh, Khaled Abol Naga is a director, producer, and actor from Egypt. And I think he just has that Dr. Fate look about him. He looks like the type of guy that's not really playing favorites. He just wants okay. to make sure things things are kind of cutting, yeah. cutting around as they should be. To, okay. to paint a picture um, for our listeners, he looks like an Egyptian professor who lives in America. Yeah. Um, if... if if that makes sense, made sense when I said it. In my brain, I understood it. Yeah. In my mind's eye or whatever. Listen to what he means, not what he says. And just as a as a fun side note, I think it'd be a great uh, be a great breakout because he's only done a little bit of American and British film and television. Mostly, he's done a lot of uh, Egyptian movies and film. Uh, he's been a big uh, proponent of regime change and making sure that things are good on a political level basically in Egypt. So he's even living into his character before he's that character too. So that's why I picked him. Plus just, just seemed right. Uh, for Despero, wasn't sure. I was thinking, wow, who am I going to pick? That's a big meaty man. Has lots of muscle naturally. <laughs> and who, and who would you, would, you would thoroughly enjoy listening to for two to two and a half hours. Right. <laughs> it's Ryan. Ryan is a bitch. <laughs> Dave, Dave Bautista. No, so so I did think about it, but okay. I said no. I'm, in the, I'm stuck in the WWE world. Yeah, Get me out of here. <laughs> I thought, you know, I could do Dave Bautista, but he's 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 got his his irons in the fire. Mm. So who should I pick? None other than my man Nathan Jones. And you're probably thinking, wow, Nathan Jones. That's not a super. Uh, Sounds familiar name. I kind of know what it is, but I haven't heard of that. Nathan Jones was Rictus Erectus in Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, oh. he was one of he was one of Morton Joe's sons. Yeah, big old huge WWE wrestler star. Awesome Australian yeah. accent. It's what like, could you ask for? He's got like a he's got like a harness oh, yeah. on and all that. Oh yeah, yeah. yep. 
I know you're talking. He looks about. extremely. He's the guy. Like spoiler alert in Mad Max Fury Road, he goes up and rips the like the top end of yeah. the motor off. Just rips the V12 out of the yeah, truck. Yeah, whatever. No big deal. Sure. <laughs> Apparently, he was in Troy, the 2004 Troy movie. Oh really? Here's a picture of him in that, and he looks fucking scary. Oh yeah, he's the friends. dude in the beginning when yeah. like when, wow. yeah. when Troy just runs at him and yeah. kills him. I can yeah. see that. So that'd that be my pick, just because he could even keep his Australian accent. Because why not? It's it's a movie. We can do what we want. It's out of space. It's desperate. He has me- he has mental prowess. He can do what he wants. <laughs> Let's make it fun. Cool. Yeah. There you go. That's that's my off the cuff, real quick, slap together. Hope you enjoy it, pitch. Cool. Don't hate on us. And you can call it. Uh, you can call it. I mean, I don't know we didn't talk about titles, but if we're going for dumb titles, you can call it a a, a DCU film, a desperate fate. There you go. Is there a doctor in the house? <laughs> a doctor fate story. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Boom. Goes down. You want to go, Zach? Yeah, I'll I'll go next. I'm feeling really confident that yours is going to be. You guys are both. Yours was good. I know yours is going to be. I'm excited. (laughs) I'm I'm like, yeah, it's it's definitely going to be an interesting take just because we got two, two characters that don't necessarily are not outreach enemies, right? So we've got. As a reminder. Uh, Zach got Martian Manhunter as yes. his hero and Deathstroke as his villain. Not the typical matchup. Yeah, it's a, a little, a little bit different. Hopefully, I can make it swing and work right. It's, it's going to be interesting. It's, you know, it's going to be touch and go. I think so. Please buckle in, folks. <laughs> so first off, I'll address as to who I'm picking for the roles, uh, just so you can kind of paint that picture for you. So for Martian Manhunter, um, this actor, he's he's in a lot of different mixed projects. Um, he's not as well-known, in my opinion. I don't think he is, anyway. Um, his name is Lance Reddick. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that name. Uh, a couple hints for you. He plays Zavala from Destiny series. Um, he plays he's in the... Bosh. Yeah, Sorry. he plays. He also plays as like the clerk in the John Wick series at the concierge. hotel. The concierge. Excuse me. Mr. Wick. So I, I felt like he could definitely portray the human side aspect for Martian Manhunter because obviously this is going to be a little tricky because there's going to be you know we're going to have a mix of CGI and whatnot because of the fact I, I don't want to interject Martian but Hunter. you want to know the funniest part is before you even started talking I was like you know Lance Reddick would make a great Martian Manhunter <laughs> yes. that's what I'm talking about teamwork so uh, so I could def- I could definitely see him portraying the human side aspect of, of Jean Martian Manhunter so. Um, with that said, now this is kind of a double whammy in a sense of now having Deathstroke's character being played by this individual. It is my tie-in to the MC into the, the MCU, the DC MCU. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, I, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. Please don't kill me on this. His name's Joe Magdolnello. I think is how you pronounce that. I think. Magdolnello. He plays. He plays Magic Deathstroke. Mike. So he plays Deathstroke at the very end of Justice League. He, he makes that scene. Magdolnello. Nope, that's a jazz <laughs> Not even close. I'm overstimulated. <laughs> so, so that's my tie-in to the D, the DC movie verse is by using him because of the fact that he is the main villain in this. So it's going to make it interesting because people that did watch Justice League will be like, oh, hey, cool. So with that, moving on. For those that are not familiar with Martian Manor because he's not as well-known of a hero, like he's kind of on the sidelines quite a bit. Um, if you watch, like, the Justice League series, the, the animated series from back in, like, I think it was like 01 to 0, like 04 when they were produced. Um, he, was, he, was, he was in those quite a bit, so this is, like, that was a good way to introduce the character, I think, to the world, so he's become a little bit more popular now. Um, so simple premise of Martian Manhunter, he's, yes, he's a Martian. He's from Mars itself. 
Um, backstory: the idea of this movie, what it'll take place in, is it'll it'll kind of set up the set up for where we're going with this, right? So, very beginning of the movie, it starts out. Picture this, right? Mars, just boom. You have Mars right there in front of you. Zoom in on it. Come to find out, Mars is populated. There's Martians running around. You know, young, old. You can see them all over the place. Obviously, they have higher end tech. Um, the design of the Martians. I'm not going to lie, I'd probably go a little bit more towards what they had going in the animated series for Justice League for the design look, that aesthetic look that they had for them. It was really, so I thought it was really smooth, unique, very smooth. Um, as we're watching this unfold, we obviously can't understand what they're talking about. Actually, if they do talk, it's not very often because this, the, the special uniqueness about these ser- the species is they actually use telepathy to communicate. So there's a lot of there's a lot of like just eye contact, a lot of little bit of body language, and that's really about it. There's not mm. much sound other than like the industrial aspect, right? No, the vehicles. Uh, no. Eh, 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 <laughs> eh, eh. <laughs> please, please, no. <laughs> yeah, I was like, ak, 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 ak. Yeah. You're welcome. Sorry. Sorry. That's an obscure movie reference for those that can catch that. Uh, Twenty points if you do. <laughs> so. Um, as it does, you know, we, we see the different aspects. Like we can see, like possibly like a scene where it's. You know, you can show, like, vehicles going around, all of them interacting, and then we zoom in on our main character in his Martian form, um, Jean. So as we see him interacting, you know, he's it's, uh, in this role that, he is, that he's portraying at the moment. He looks like he may be going to, like, something important. You know, it seems like he's a little bit in a hurry. Um, eventually, you know, you show him meets up with his family, and we can see the interaction. It's still silent, mind you. No, no language is being talked here, right? We're, we're in a silent mode where it's just like we can just hear just the motions and whatnot, the sounds around us. Maybe some music's playing in the background, but no, no, no talking, no speaking of any type yet. Um, so we're building this curiosity here with it. So then eventually, um, as it progresses, we hear explosions. We hear their, you know, we see their reactions. Um, we see a lot of violence breaking out in the streets and whatnot. People are dying left and right. All of a sudden, people are dying from what looks like like fiery balls of flame being consumed by like flame. All of a sudden, just randomly, sparsely, you know, we see him do this, uh, do different various things. Like he'd be, you know, having his, you know, crawling his family into like a room or something like that. <laughs> Excuse me. So then, eventually, as as it's all unfolding, it's just it's I mean, it's super fast, super quick. Um, one by one, all these individuals around outside he can see are just being consumed by flame. All of a sudden, they're just like they're combusting into flames. Um, and then he realizes it's almost like he has this realization on his face that he thinks he's figured it out. And he, as soon as he turns to his family, his family gets consumed in the flames. Oh um, shit! And so in that moment, you, Damn. See, you, see the, you see the depression, the, the sadness, the you know the shock, all that emotion in one shot, right? Um, and so then as he almost accepts his fate, boom! All of a sudden, he's in the middle of a lab. He, he gets teleported. All of a sudden, in this lab of a human lab, mind you, it's like he's in this glass case. There's humans around in white coats and everything. You can hear the shock from the people. Just, what the? You know, they're totally, like, phased. It, it, you know, not phased, but they're totally, like, in a just just unspeakable moment because they just, did that just really work type of thing? Um, and then you hear them start freaking out. All the humans are, are like, what do we do? What do we do? And we have Jean in the middle of this, this like, glass room, and he's just trying to, he's confused as much as they are. So he ends up busting through all these different windows and whatnot, eventually getting out of the lab. Um, come to find out this lab's in the middle of like a wooded type area, almost if it could be like the Rockies, like Colorado or something like that. And he just takes off on foot, running off into the woods, completely taken off. Um, so then eventually as he travels, when I, you know, we see him disappear in the woods, we come back to the lab. The lab people are, are starting to talk. It's like, that wasn't supposed to happen. This is supposed to be just for communication purposes. It wasn't a teleportation device. What, what was that? 
So they, um, you know, you see all these different guys go around. It's like, all right, we got to make a call. So we see an individual make a call. Um, the classic, you know, it can be a classic thing. Like you don't hear the other end of the conversation, right? You just hear him just making a couple different, you know, here's what happened. This is what's going on. A lie. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> then, uh, you know, he's like, he's all right. Uh, he's like, okay, hangs up, you know, comes back, tells the rest of the ride. He'll be, he'll be here in 24 hours. Um, Respect. So, so then we come back to John after he's probably ran like three miles in the woods. You know, he's finally stops in this kind of like clearing area and he's just, you know, he's sitting there trying to figure out, he's trying to figure out what's going on. Still not talking with us. Still, still silent. It's, it's classic wooded area scene. Like it's, you know, you hear a creek off in the distance, birds, all, all this fun stuff, right? So then eventually uh, he starts focusing, starts paying attention a little bit and trying to, you know, gather his thoughts. Um, and he starts hearing a voice. We start, we start hearing a voice with him. So it's like we're in his mind. So we start hearing a voice and it's a kid. Um, it's a, it sounds like a little girl and it sounds like she's really sad. She's like almost crying and she's just, she's lost. So eventually he goes across this clearing and finds out there, here's this little girl. She's like about 30 feet away from him and she's all curled up on the ground, just crying cause she's lost and she doesn't know where she is. And as he's standing there trying to figure it out, he starts hearing other voices from adults. And he looks up like up like a tree line, probably like maybe a half mile up the hill or something like that. And he can see a couple different adults going through the trees. And we can hear all these different mix of voices talking. And they're all just saying, she's got to be around here. You know, there's no way that she, you know, we're going to find her. You know, they're all trying. It's like positive things, like adults, you know, trying to be positive in the situation. So, of course, he looks at her, kind of looks at them, figures out instantly, you know, okay, they're looking for her. So <laughs> this is where we have a chance to like possibly do different things with him. Like he's just like, do I approach? No. Yes. What do I do? You know? And so eventually what he does is he ends up, he ends up getting rocks and chucking them up the hill, getting their attention. And then the humans start coming down that way and he backs off. They find her. He can start reading all their thoughts and realizing he's like, he realizes that, um, you know, I'm on a completely different planet, obviously. So he starts watching them, and as this group goes back to their vehicles and go back into town, thankfully town is only about a mile out, you know, he starts, he starts watching them from, like, the outskirts of town um, and start picking, picking up on them. And that's when we see him start playing around with his transformation abilities that he has. You know, for those of you that don't know Martian Man, Manhunter, he's got quite a few abilities. One of them is he, he's, uh, he's a, what's the word I'm looking for? Polymorph. Polymorph, Polymorph yeah. that's it transform anything you can think of like if he wants to be a couch or a chair or a car you know he can turn himself to look like one so he starts mimicking all the different faces in the crowds that he can see with people and start like their clothes and just we kind of see this you know him playing around with it a little bit all these different weird combos there's possibility we have some odd call combo it's like white. yeah like something something funny right <laughs> so then eventually he finds he finds his look you know he finds this human look that he likes so then he goes he's like all right i'm gonna try this he goes into town and just starts kind of walking through the crowds, trying to trying to lay low, still trying to figure out where he's at. Um, so then, after all this is going on, it's quite a bit, right? Um, come back to the lab. Lab is like cleaning up now from all the mess that he's made. Um, Here's some of the text talking about like, you know, about the the person that that's supposed to be coming. They're all stressed. They're all upset. Like this guy's psycho. We've had to deal with him before. Are we sure we should have done this? And so eventually, they uh, they decide that it's like we need to need to make another call. So they make one more call, 
Um, and again, it's the same idea. We don't hear the other conversation. We just hear him just kind of say, like, hey, you know, hear a little bit, and then that's it. Conversation's pretty quick and brief. Um, and this, this person comes back, makes a comment, saying, it's like, this individual will be here at the same time as this other, you know, these two individuals will be here at the same time. So, <laughs> so then we come back to John, and John starts, because of his hyperintelligence and whatnot that he has, right, he starts picking up the language, so he starts trying to, like, we, maybe we can have a scene or two where he's trying to talk to somebody, and they're like, well, what? I don't, you know, he's like, he's having a hard time getting the pronunciation, pronunciation going. Food. <laughs> so then we, like, then we come back to, um, to him seeing, like, seeing the little girl later. Like, it's, like, as if the little girl, like, they'd, like, coming out of the police station or something like that after everything was all said and done. And, you know, seeing her, just making that realization that he did something good, right? Um, so then I... I don't have all the filler. Sorry, this is probably a little bit more than I probably should have. But, um, so then eventually what happens is we come back to the lab. It's been the 24 hours. We have two individuals meet up there. Um, obviously, it's going to be a classic situation. We don't see who they are. They're in like a dark room type of thing, right? So we're like not sure who the individual is. Um, <laughs> and so we just see it's like the idea that we can do it like this is like we have a possibly like they have like a room that has like it's like a meeting room right and like we can't hear anything we can see into it but it's like dark so the doctors are all we can have the doc not the doctors the scientists are all kind of speculating like what they're talking about and whatnot and then eventually they, they everybody gets up in the in that meeting comes out of the meeting and we reveal <laughs> we, reveal, we reveal Deathstroke oh, first yes. off but Deathstroke in not in full armor, just like a suit. Just okay. Um, and then Lex Luthor. All right. And that's my other tie-in too. I guess I should throw that out there. It's Jesse Eisenberg's ice, uh, uh, Lex Luthor. Um, and so you know Lex Luthor does his thing. You know, acting like a big hotshot. You know, telling Deathstroke what to do. Deathstroke, of course, gives him that little banter of like, you know, like yeah, I could kill you in one second type of thing, right? You know, whatever. However you want to play that out. So then they go and they, they go their way, and the scientists all kind of have that that grudgingly look of like, "What have we done?" type of thing. Like, I don't know if we should have done that. All right. So then we come back to John. Right. It's been a while. You know, it's been twenty four hours. You know, we find that he's kind of been sleeping in this park. Like, there's like a little like playground park or something. Um, and he gets pro he gets approached by another kid. You know, the kids asking him like, "You know, you okay?" or whatever, you know, something like that. Just kind of have this interaction, and then that's where John can start talking more. You know, saying. You know, something like I, I'm okay. Get me a rhythmus bug. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, it's the only like Lance Reddick impersonation I can do. Well, there's uh, one Zavala, well, there's Zavala stuff. Yeah, but anyway, um, and so then he uh, he starts asking questions to the kid because the kid's about probably like I'm gonna say he's like ten, something like that. Right? He's asking, he's like, bad. like, what's your name? You know, where where am I? And the kid will say, well, you're wherever the town is. Longmont, Colorado. Boulder. Boulder, Colorado. Just kidding. Not Boulder. <laughs> um, Aspen. Delta. And they ask him, he's like, he get, and then he get asked the question, what What are you? And the kid's like, well, what do you mean, what am I? And he's like, can somehow lead to the kid saying he's human? He, I think it would be funny. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Pitch, you're but good. if he was like, because he's John Jones, you know, if he's like, subspecies, species, sub, uh, class, like, oh, kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> He starts breaking it down super scientifically. <laughs> so, that, so the kid, so the kid can, um, you know, make the comments and say, "Well, I'm a human, or you're, you're a human too." So that's, uh, yes. yeah, ah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the like, human, yeah, yes. So, 
Um, in doing so, Jean starts going around the town. He starts looking around. He finds like a museum, finds like a gas station with maps, you know, roadmaps and stuff. And so he starts flipping through and reading all this information, trying to figure out. Eventually, he comes across the library in town. So then he starts reading the minds of like the library and all the different people in there to figure out what he's looking for. You know, eventually he finds like he can possibly let's say he can find the section for like planetary, you know, like astronomical research and whatnot. You know, we're talking like. Um, Star maps planets and stuff. and stuff, and so he finally figures out. He's like, "Oh, I'm I'm on Earth. I'm right next door to home, but it's so far away." Um. So then, as that develops, then we eventually will cut back to Deathstroke, and still not full full uniform, mind you. However, he has switched to more casual clothing, almost like he's recon. doing recon. Banana hammock. <laughs> <laughs> Banana hammock, and then the matching eye patch <laughs> with the same fabric. <laughs> So as he's doing recon, he's got he's got let's say uh, he's got like support with him, right? He's got some sort of kind of support, like other soldiers or whatever you want, or other other mercenaries, or whatever. You know, it's just they're sweeping through the direction that John went through the woods. They're tracking him, and eventually they come to the town. And they're like, "Okay, nothing's been reported yet, so we need to do more research." So eventually, what happens is as as that's developing, John develops like an opportunity where. Um, he understands how like, we're starting to change currency and whatnot for things, for goods. And he's like, okay, I'm tired of living outside. Like, you know, how do I blend in? Eventually he picks up like a little job and like, it could be like some little shop, like a flower shop or whatever you want to call it. Some kind of small shop that's owned by somebody. Um, so mind you, this is all in the span of like, it could be a variation of like three to five days. So it's quite a bit of going on time frame, right? Um, so in doing so, like we can even do something along the lines. I thought about doing something along the lines of like he has housing in that place that he works. Right, that's one of the perks of there is like he can live there too. Um, so eventually it comes down to it after after everything else is built up, you know, eventually Destro figures out where he's at and what he's doing. You know, they figure out that he's got some sort of we got something going on with like a changer, like a shifter or something like that. Eventually, what happens is uh, there's a confrontation in the street. Like, Jean's out one night. Like, say he's out one night doing something. I, I didn't quite think of the details on this portion, portion of it, but he's out one night. Destro confronts him, you know, and he uh, they uh, come to find out the scientist had some sort of tracker to pick up, like, his – because his body emits some sort of, like, signal. It's not necessarily, like – it's not radiation, but it's not electromagnetic. It's some kind of signal because that's, that's – come to find out that's how he got teleported to Earth was they were playing around with technology that landed on Earth, and so they were trying to figure out how it works. Come to find out it is alien type of transporting, and so it was ra- it was ranged in for his body, his signal, and that's how he got warped to Earth. It's like the same tech that like opened up the Phantom Zone and Man of Steel. Yeah, well, kind of the same idea. Doesn't die. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's able to track him, so he confronts them, they start their fight. Obviously, Jean is... Um, he has his history, because with, with being on Mars... This is something that we didn't add into the movie, but he he's got a history of fighting because he was in the police force on Mars. So he's got some fighting in him, but Deathstroke kicks his ass because Deathstroke is a super hyper-intelligent human who planned way ahead for this fight. So there's, like, all kinds of booby traps and stuff. John's uh, fear of fire, you know, there's, like, a portion where they can have, like, a fire trap go off or something like that, and it triggers him almost. It's where he has that flashbacks with his family burning in front of him. So that's where they have their opportunity to strike him and knock him unconscious, I guess, if you would. So then they haul him back to the lab, start probing him and whatnot. And <laughs> not probing. Let me back that up here. No, no, no. no you said <laughs> no, no, no. You, got you painted a like beautiful this. picture. Damn it. And I think we should keep the keep on this track. All right. 
So they, they start trying to get information out of him, asking him, like, what he is, what he's doing, where is he from, and all this other information. You know, eventually, as as he's sitting there trying to be complacent, complacent with them, you know, trying to be uh, compliant. compliant, that's the word for um, he, uh, you know, he's able to read their minds in the same go. So it could be kind of a cool, interesting scene where we see him like answer vocally, and then he's starting to read minds in the breaks between. So because he's trying to figure out, okay, what do I need to do? What's going on? Um, so that's when he starts. That's where we can learn about the technology aspect. He can read one of the scientists' mind, and the scientists, you know, be thinking about it. it's like, how the heck did this work? Where this is this alien tech brought this guy here to us, type of thing. So then eventually. Um, Deathstroke decides he wants to he wants to just flat out kill him. He's like, you're too much of a threat to Earth. Where, mind you, this is after everything's said and done with Justice League. So that's where his thoughts are coming from on this situation. So right when they're thinking they, they figured out what he is and whatnot, that's when, boom, all of a sudden he's, he does his transformation because they weren't quite sure of what his abilities or limits were on his, on his ability to transform. So he turns into a serpent and is able to slip away out of, the, out of his binds and everything. Just, and we see that's we see some awesome fighting with that. You know, he implements that the different form transformation. Like, there's one point he can turn into some big monster of some sort and crush somebody. And the next one, he turns into something small and slips through him. Eventually, Deathstroke starts chasing after him and whatnot. Um, they have their confrontation out in the woods. Um, eventually, uh, what happens is, is Jean does defeat get, does get the upper hand of Deathstroke and escapes again. Um, John Hurley goes back to the town. Um, just because he feels like that's the only safe place that he knows of, right? Obviously, uh, but he's he is going to be leaving. He is planning to leave. So eventually, what happens is we can hit something along these lines. I haven't quite figured out how to do it, but there's some human character somewhere from the town that gets end up held hostage by Deathstroke, and Jean wasn't aware of it. So then when Jean does escape, then Deathstroke eventually tracks down Jean again, let him know of the situation with the hostage, and now he has to be compliance with it or comply with it. So then. As that develops, sorry, this is a lot. I think about it. I went, I, I, I went overboard. I think on this. I'm just surprised you got this much in 15 minutes. I'm like, yeah, you're like, you're like, you're like, enough time. You got, <laughs> you got so much detail. Here's this 500 page novel. What <laughs> the hell? <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry, it's not scale. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It could be better. I'm sorry, it's not good enough. <laughs> it's not good enough. So eventually, what can happen is like they, uh, you know, Jean does go back with him to be, and you know, we see the human, uh, human captured. But then there's the reveal. With Lex Luthor comes out and Lex starts talking to him and whatnot about what his plans are with Manhunter. Starts about how he wants to... Yeah, monologue. Love me a good villain. <laughs> because of the fact that Martian Manhunter is such a unique species, he wants to learn how to use that to the human's advantage is the idea. Um, so then eventually there's a fight. You know, There's some sort of tussle going on between Deathstroke as well as Martian Manhunter and Lex. Let's, uh, you know, I, I want, I really want to see Lex Luthor jump into the fight and actually do something for once, not just sit back and let everybody else do it. Like an early version of his um, armor. Yeah, exactly. Because okay. Lex Luthor has that body power armor suit that he uses against Superman, right? So I'd like to see like a prototype version of that come out and try to tussle with him at the same go. So both Deathstroke and Lex Luthor are, are fighting against Manhunter in this case. And eventually, Manhunter gets the upper hand, right? You know, he's able to able to destroy Lex's suit, making him lock up in the suit or something. So he's like, he's trapped, he can't move. And then eventually, get in the upper hand with Deathstroke, you know, with all his prep prepping that he does have, still getting the upper hand on him. And then freeing the woman, and then eventually escaping, you know, taking the woman back where she belongs, and telling her that he, you know, he needs to wander to find more of himself. So then, movie ends there at that portion. Um, and then. Post-credits scene. There it is. Yeah. Yep. 
can't help it. Marvel set it up. You got to do it now, or else if you don't, There's everybody's disappointed. Yeah. Post credit scene, we see Martian Manhunter in France. Like you could have like an Eiffel Tower in the background, or we want to do something iconic like that, right? And Wonder Woman approaches him. Doesn't say a word, just approaches him, and they both make eye contact, and it cuts there. Nice. Hell uh, yeah. I like a good origin story. It's been a little bit too long since we've had an origin story for a superhero in a movie, so I like it. I'm, I'm happy at what just happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, very good job, Zach. I really enjoyed you. Taking not enough time. Not enough time. We have so <laughs> It's like you were like an OCD person. Like, I'm sorry, it's not perfect. Puts 500 pages. I'm sorry, it's not the scale. I only had one night. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Hero, hero stories are just my jam. Like, I just, I know heroes. See, that's why they're so much fun when we do yeah. them on podcasts. Yeah. Like, the one we did with James. Although James got a little ridiculous, it still was pretty fun. <laughs> it was. That that's, night, that's I, part just, of the beauty of it. I appreciate a simple, to the point, superhero movie. Like, I really hate it when superhero movies drag it out and make it this long, longer than need to be. Right? So. All right. Well, now it's my turn. So, uh, I'm the only one in the bunch that got a Marvel character. Yeah. I received Night Thrasher, with the villain of the film being Craven the Hunter. So, this is gonna be good. what I'm also going to do is reveal my cast for the two main characters. There's going to be some other characters, obviously, since our whammy is there has to be tie-ins. Uh, I'm going to paint a picture for our listeners, if you will, so you can understand what our character looks like. So Night Thrasher visually is the equivalent of a hybrid of Nightwing and Kick-Ass, <laughs> but he's red. So yep. this picture I love that, that for all of you listening, so you're there in the room, so you can understand where I'm coming from. My casting for this gentleman is a guy by the name of Kadar William Sterling. Now, he is one of the main characters on the Netflix original show Sex Education. He plays a character named Jackson. Mm. <laughs> oh, okay. 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 And um, I'm going to give a little bit of a breakdown of the character as well. But before I do that, I'm also going to show. We all know what Craven the Hunter is. Yeah. Crazy man, addicted to the hunt. Eventually meets Spider-Man, the ultimate creature, yep. whatever, right? So my casting for him is going to be Taylor Kitsch, star of John Carter. So oh, okay. True Detective Season 2. I, I can see that. I can oh, definitely okay. see him being Craven. And there will be some other characters mentioned, but I'm going to get into that in just a moment. So, a little bit of origin around Night Thrasher or... Dwayne Taylor. Uh, Dwayne Taylor's parents were rich moguls in the city of New York. Their parent, his parents were brutally murdered, just like Batman. So we've already got a thematic point of where the movie's going to start. It's going to start with their murder. Okay. Again, not going to be the classic in the, the pearl scene or whatever. You know, we're actually going to open up on his parents taking him somewhere, seeing somebody else getting mugged, and stepping in to rescue them. Okay. Mm, yeah. Then they get shot. Then we are set with Dwayne as a seven, eight-year-old child taken to New York Police Department, then taken to a um, traumatized children's center run by the Fisk Foundation. Okay. Okay. Then enters a character who, as for right now, will be known as Ty. T-A-I. She says, Mr. Fisk has sent me um, to personally go through and look after you, make sure everything's okay. 
we know your family, you know your family. We, we tried to go through and arrange some business dealings with your family. Things didn't work out, unfortunately. But we're going to go through and take care of you, make sure that you're raised properly. Okay? Thus begins Dwayne Taylor's ascent. It's going to be a training montage for the first 15 minutes. We're going to show cuts of him growing up. He's a trained gymnast, a very skilled martial artist. Um, as far as comparisons, he, he is comparable to uh, the Iron Fist. So very skilled martial artist. He actually beats the Punisher on multiple occasions. Hmm. Um, in the comics, the only reason the Punisher ever beats him is because he shoots at him. and he's got, anyways. But he also is a very gifted uh, technical genius. Builds his own armor, builds his own LED stuff. I'm thinking that, for this movie anyways, the buy-in to get that, he is a rich guy. And following, again, this is post-Endgame. So, my thoughts are potentially buy some of Tony Stark's gear, starts reverse engineering it, building it into what he thinks would be the most tactical. Okay, he then forms a group called the New Warriors. Okay, it's a couple of young vigilantes patrolling New York City. We got cloak and dagger for this movie. Um, I don't know. A couple other randos. And, most importantly, Kurt Wagner, a.k.a. Ned Krueler. Okay? So, we see the new warriors. They're patrolling New York City. They go into um, Brooklyn, which, as we all know, is Spider-Man's territory. But Spider-Man, when we left him far from home, is dealing with some stuff. So... (laughs) Yeah. We're not going to see that. Uh, we cut to an apartment. Somebody's reading a newspaper. It actually says, uh, Spider-Man, public menace. Pub- per- public message from J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> and then, he's going to put down the paper. We're introduced to our Craven the Hunter. Here's police sirens. Here's guns shooting. Looks outside and sees a blue creature teleporting across the rooftops of New York City. And says, that's it. It's my next hunt. <laughs> Puts on the classic... Uh, tactical tiger, whatever it is, lion. Yeah, whatever. Anyways, whatever he puts on his yeah. vest, gets out a net gun and a rifle, and just starts taking off, doing accurate, same acrobatics that Night Thrasher's doing. And you know, he almost catches him, shoots him in the tail, and Kurt's like, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> bleeding blue!" <laughs> Night Thrasher says, "Get out of here! I got this guy!" And they start fighting. Craven kicks the shit out of him, okay? Because he's Craven the Hunter. <laughs> uh, that that confrontation ends. And he says, "I'm gonna find." Like he, he eventually jumps off the building, lands on a cab, and just starts r- cruising away. Eventually, hops on a subway train, so Craven can't keep up with him. And he says, "I will find you, and I will find that Blue Devil, and I will kill him." Okay. So that's our buy-in for Craven the Hunter. Okay. We cut back to uh, we'll call it Taylor Industries. It's where. Dwayne Taylor works slash lives, and he's in his penthouse apartment kind of wrapping up some bruises, doing some push-ups, you know, Bruce Wayne stuff, because <laughs> he's kind of like Batman. Um, and then Ty enters. Ty says, do you think we we wouldn't know that you were out there with all this tech that's in your room, <laughs> and they're fighting crime with all these random people, and they're getting shot at by this guy? Your company, your family's company, needs you to be alive, needs you to honor their memory, all this stuff. And uh, she says, listen, 
Mr. Fisk, I know he wasn't the best guy. Some stuff went down. Now he's in jail. We're acknowledging the Netflix MCU, uh, as it were. And says, you know what? He did have some contacts. Um, This guy on the news, he's kind of a known individual in certain circles. So I'm going to make some calls and see what we can do. So immediately intrigues Dwayne slash Night Thrasher. You know what? Goes into detective mode. And he follows her. And then we get this cool chase scene across New York while she's in a car. And he's like, parkour, parkour, parkour. Parkour, parkour, parkour. Gets to this abandoned factory where we see Craven the Hunter having some target practice. We see Ty. Ty is an older woman at this point, obviously. Ascends some stairs. You know, and says, Craven, don't ever take a shot at Dwayne Taylor again. Or Mr. Fisk and my and myself and my my associates, we're gonna have some problems. Then Craven the Hunter says, "I don't take orders from you anymore, Madam Gao." Nice. Ooh, boom, yeah, boom. Nice. There's our tie-in, second tie-in yeah. to the Marvel Netflix series. Then we get the reveal. Hearing the words "Madam Gao" triggers Dwayne's flashback on the roof of the building, and he sees that Wilson Fisk hired. An individual, it's not going to be Bullseye in the MCU continuity, he just wasn't involved yet. So, we see an individual, for right now, we'll just call him bad guy number one. Okay. Uh, shoot those people, and Madam Gouge kind of says, all right, now leave. I'm going to make sure, I'm going to follow him, make sure he gets to the police department, then to Fisk Industries. So, it's all been this orchestrated event. Unlike Bruce Wayne's parents' death, he's able to see... The, what really happened, see the perpetrators, clear memory, and then he realizes, my whole life's been a lie. What? 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 <laughs> then he gets pissed, and then he attacks Craven the Hunter. Okay? And he almost kills him. <laughs> and then, right before he takes the final shot with his scream of sticks, that's what they're called, whoosh, Gets web web stuck to the wall, Ooh. and he says, "Hey, hey!" Spidey swings in, says, "Hey, you're in my neighborhood, and I don't like murderers." <laughs> and he's like, "Hey, uh, just gotta let you know, this guy is working with people. He tried to kill my best friend." He says, "Hey, you're with the New Warriors. I see you guys have been taking care of Brooklyn while I've been dealing with some legal trouble." <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, I have been, Mister Parker, because everybody knows that." Peter Parker's Spider-Man, yeah. but Spider-Man, his classic Spider-Man response says, that's all conjecture. Nothing's been confirmed or Allegedly. denied by the media. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's like, hey, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn this guy in. Okay? I'm going to turn him in. Swings off. He's like, hey, it's going to dissolve in an hour. <laughs> uh, being the super genius that he is, he kind of figures it out and actually dissolves it himself within about 15 minutes. And he just kind of pursues the trail they saw of Spider-Man. Show goes cold. Uh, all he finds on the ground is a cell phone. Picks it up. It's Craven the Hunter. He's like, all this time, I was looking for the Blue Devil when the next big hunt was right in front of me. In the form of a man who's also a spider. Ooh. <laughs> and he's like, if you bring me the blue devil, for right now, I'll let Spider-Man live. I'll kill him later. Then we've got a moral dilemma. Sacrifice your best friend. 
save this guy who's kind of a an Avenger, kind of helps save half the universe. What's mm. a guy to do, right? So we're going to go back to the headquarters. He's going to confront Gal. He's going to say, I'm never working for you again. He said, and she's going to say, Danny Rand did the same thing. We'll see uh, how things work out for you. And then she leaves. Ooh. And then he calls in the new warriors. And he pulls out old Home Alone, st- Home Alone <laughs> style schematic of a building. Crayons and all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it says, uh, the old switcheroo is the name of the plan. <laughs> and uh, he's going to go through and he wheels Nightcrawler up attached to the same thing like Han- Hannibal Lecter was wheeled around in. Straight jacket yeah, and uh, a dolly. Yeah. And he's like, listen, I put some stuff in here. He's not going to be able to teleport. Just make sure Spider-Man gets out alive. Cuts Spider-Man loose. And then Nightcrawler teleports Spider-Man out. We're going to say for right now, just Sokovia. Why not? And he's like, I'm actually supposed to. I'm a big fan, Spider-Man. I appreciate what you did from one person who was mutated to another. Um, <laughs> but I'm under direct orders to kind of keep you here until I get the okay from my buddy. Because he's going to beat the shit out of that guy and probably kill him. And I know you're not a fan of that. <laughs> so we go through and they have a fight. We see a lot of cool stuff as far as just Craven's hunting skills in general. Throw some uh, bola. Are they called bola whips or bola yeah, bolas, bola yeah. ties, yeah, whatever? Yeah. Circle the yeah. thing. The, yeah, the, 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 the three circle, the three balls attach the string. And the ball string. They're called bolas, yeah. and it tie it wraps them up. You know what I'm talking about. Yep, you've seen movies. Yep. And uh, we see some cool tech from Night Thrasher. He ends up getting the best of him, and uh, again, same exact spot. And uh, he's about to make that final blow. <sighs> He stops. And he has another flashback to the night his parents were murdered. And remembers that his parents tried to stop the exact thing that he's about to become if he kills this person. He says, my parents died trying to save people. And I'm not going to become the monster that they were fighting. And then he turns him into jail. And then we get a big celebration at... Peter or at Night Thrasher headquarters. We're gonna call it for right now. <laughs> the Thrash Pan. Spider Man shows up. He's <laughs> like, "Hey, can. I'm really impressed. Um, I don't have an in with the Avengers anymore, just because my public identity and stuff, you know. Or else I'd rec- I'd recruit you, man. But I've got some stuff I'm dealing with. Luckily, I've got a good lawyer. <laughs> Matt Murdock walks in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we have we, party continues, and that's the end of the film. Sweet. Okay. Nice. Now I know what you're saying. What are you thinking? Post-credit scene. Unfortunately, there's only one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, we cut back to Night Thrasher and the New Warriors swinging, doing all their cool shit through New York, fighting crime. And then they hear on the radio dispatch, whatever you're going to call it, uh, all units, this location... We don't really know what's going on, but we've got reports of a giant monster. Get in there. We hear... And everybody thinks, oh, okay, Spider-Man's here. You guys want to watch? It's probably going to be pretty cool watching Spider-Man fight bad guys. Get in. Venom comes flying through the window. Oh, man. Out into orbit. Like, way out of there. 
So they look through the window, seeing what could possibly cause such a such a throw. Carnage. Oh, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Don't even need a Spider-Man move to Bridget. Yeah, right. Boom. He's done. <laughs> move on. <laughs> nice. So that's my movie. I like it. It's awesome. Nice. Thought of one thing. This is me with Spider-Man just because of his quips. Should have done something when, like, when he stops him from killing him the first time with his club on the roof. I thought he could have done some long lines of like when you're talking about clubbing, I didn't think he meant this. Like <laughs> something like that. Sorry. Some some cheesy line. Uh, let's see. Because that's so Spider-Man to do that. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you so need, you gotta have that Spider-Man. I'm sorry. You gotta have a quick Night Thrasher sounds like an adult film name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, oh, guys, it. we did it. Love it. it was good. Three impromptu pitches. I stand by my little, a little shitty, tiny thing. <laughs> I think it was good. I think it was good. I think, it, was I think good. it reminds me a lot of um, Legion. Well, I know you haven't watched it yet, but... Um, That's true. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah it reminds was, me a lot of Legion. Yeah. Um, for those of you that haven't watched it, definitely go watch it. It's on Hulu. The first two seasons, at least. The third one just finished a little while ago. But there's a main character... David Holler, who is Professor X's son, and there's another character called Farouk. And Farouk. Yes. Yeah, that's what I was thinking yeah. when you made that visualization. Our brains are connected, man. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we did it, guys. Congratulations. Again, high fives all the way around. Everybody, <laughs> give ourselves high fives. Fat, clap these thighs. Clap them chips. So, yeah, um, we, we'll be posting this one probably sometime tomorrow, uh, mm -hmm. the 19th of February. Um, and then our other episode we'll have out before the beginning of the month or the end of the month. And then from then on, it's March Madness. So for those of you that are listening that are fans of our Facebook page, um, we, as of right now, still have four slots to fill for competitors. If you want. So if you are in the state, Dave Anderson, and <laughs> like to compete, uh, in the state of probably just Idaho Falls is probably the farthest out, I'd say. Yeah. If you're in that area and you would like to compete in our annual March Madness tournament, just let us know. Leave a comment when we post this episode, and we'll go through and reach out to you. As always, we feed our competitors, and the winner gets a prize. Still need to take care and of And it's a very decent prize. Drinks are included. Usually we keep them as like sodas or whatnot. Last, yeah. So last March Madness, it was like a movie bundle and the infinity gauntlet right yeah and then this last one was again same thing yeah but it was just like a nightmare and the halloween was the same thing but a nightmare and yeah. street sign and the uh it chapter yep. the it book that yep. like opens and yeah it's good stuff so yeah something else something else just to throw out there for you guys as well um we will possibly have merchandise available here soon um, i'm working yeah, we're on that, that still uh, so just keep keep you guys posted on that. Boom, buy our shirts. We're gonna, we're gonna have some shirts. We're possibly gonna, possibly gonna be looking at other things like mugs and things like that too. If everybody's interested, it's something I'm still researching. But just thought I'd throw that out there. It is in the works and it's gonna be probably coming here soon, probably the next month or so. Now you too can have your very own <laughs> Blockbuster Bros. Bup Yug. <laughs> the BBBP. <laughs> the BBC move over now. The BBP. Now you can have your very own BBP. BBC. BBP. 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 Put it in your butt. Big black 
big blockbuster. Big black, pl- big, big black plug. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm so sorry. We've gone too far. What a dark turn. On that note, we're going to go ahead and end. That was so uh, wholesome for a minute. As always, thank you for listening. Uh, SoundCloud, Apple Music, iTunes. <laughs> Uh, those are the same thing. Google Play Music, all the uh, Spotify, all those good places. And uh, again, if you're on the Facebook page, you like what you're hearing, send your friends over. Uh, we've got some stuff in the works. We, we've talked about this for a while, so hopefully more to come on that. But uh, again, thanks, guys. Thanks. And we'll catch you next. Thanks time. for using your ear holes to listen to our words. Appreciate, appreciate you. Don't don't forget about us.